Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Friends, good morning and welcome to our scripture time of prayer. I'm pro-life leader Frank Pavone of Priests for Life, and it's great to have you with us. As we pray, as we go into the Word of God, uh, let me invite you again to leave your prayer intentions in the comments. We want to pray for each other during this special time together. Let's get into the presence of the Lord, then we're going to read from the book of Genesis. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for not being a God who is inaccessible or unknown, but rather a God who reveals himself. And in revealing yourself, Lord, you make us like you. Continue to transform us, rid us and cleanse us of our old life of sin. We again repent of everything we have done to offend you everything we may have failed to do in serving you, and enable us to embark again on the new life that we have in Christ and by His Spirit. We pray through the same Christ, our Lord. Amen. You know, the readings from the book of Genesis bring us back to the very earliest chapters of human history, and there are also in those pages the very earliest encounters of God with human beings. And today is one of those examples here in the 28th chapter. Let's read from the book of Genesis. Jacob departed from Beersheba and proceeded towards Haran. When he came upon a certain shrine, as the sun had already set, he stopped there for the night. Taking one of the stones at the shrine, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep at that spot. Then he had a dream. A stairway rested on the ground, with its top reaching to the heavens, and God's messengers were going up and down on it. And there was the Lord standing beside him and saying, I am the Lord, I am the God of your forefather Abraham and the God of Isaac. The land on which you are lying I will give to you and your descendants. These shall be as plentiful as the dust of the earth. And through them you shall spread out east and west, north and south. In you and your descendants, all the nations of the earth shall find blessing. Know that I am with you. I will protect you wherever you go and bring you back to this land. I will never leave you until I have done what I promised you. When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he exclaimed, Truly the Lord is in this place, although I did not know it. In solemn wonder he cried out, How awesome is this shrine! This is nothing else but an abode of God, and that is the gateway to heaven. Early the next morning Jacob took the stone that he had put under his head, set it up as a memorial stone, and poured oil on top of it. He called the site Bethel, whereas the former name of the town had been Luz. Jacob then made this vow. If God remains with me to protect me on this journey I am making, and to give me enough bread to eat and clothing to wear, and I come back safe to my father's house, the Lord shall be my God. 
This stone that I have set up as a memorial stone shall be God's abode. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. There's something very special about these passages where we see these these early encounters of our forefathers in the faith with God. They came to know very quickly that He is a God who, as we said in the prayer, reveals Himself, doesn't allow Himself to remain hidden. And this is very much the purpose of this story and the manner in which it points to Christ. Everything in the, in the Scriptures points to Christ and points to the nature of our religion as a religion of truth and revelation. Jacob sees this ladder. Doesn't it remind you of what Jesus said to Nathanael in the first chapter of John's Gospel? You will see the Son of Man and the angels of God ascending and descending on Him. Jesus is that gateway to the heavens. What Jacob is experiencing here is a summary of what, of what the Christian faith is. He's in a place, a physical place, and he recognizes God is here. God is here, and he memorializes that with the stone. He says, how awesome is this shrine? Brothers and sisters, God doesn't just create things and then leave them alone. God interacts with what he has created. God doesn't just make things and then let us guess about who He is. He speaks to us and wants us to speak to Him. He creates the world and then He decides to dwell in it. This is the abode of God, the house of God. And that's why He calls it Bethel, because that's what that means in Hebrew, house of God. This is indeed the gateway to heaven. Now, there are some religions that believe, well, we can know what's here on the, in this world, but we really can't know what's in the next. We really can't know what is in the heavens. That's beyond our knowledge. There are other religions that aren't so sure that this world is real, but that, that say we know spiritual things. And then there are still others where everything is, 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 is closed off. We are not sure about the spiritual world, or we're not even sure about this world. But Christianity is, if you think about this as a you know, a, 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 a tube, and, and whether one side or the other or both are open or closed, Christianity has both of them open. We are here on earth, we know created reality, it's real and we can know it, and we know the things that are in the heavens. It's like in the book of Revelation, John says, I looked up and I saw an open door in the heavens. Who is that open door? Who is this ladder that is on the ground and also at its top reaching into the heavens and God's messengers going back and forth? There's a two-way communication. Who is this? It's Christ. It represents Jesus, the high priest, offering sacrifices to the Father, bringing the grace of God down to us and bringing our prayers back up to Him. The ladder is always there and is always active. And the messengers of God are going up and down. And we are able to participate in that great communication between heaven and earth. And that makes where we are holy. We are not a religion that believes simply that the spiritual things are good and the material things are bad. Heaven is good, earth is bad. That's not Christianity. 
earth is sacred. Look at what Jacob is saying. He even memorializes the stone, pours oil on it. Anointing, which means Messiah or Christ. This place is awesome. An abode of God. A gateway to heaven. What did Jesus proclaim when He came into the world and began His ministry? The kingdom of God is among you. The kingdom of God is here. It has arrived. It has broken into our history, of course, because God has taken on flesh. God became a baby in Bethlehem. God lived there in the Holy Land. Lived in Nazareth. Walked to the streets of Galilee and Jerusalem and truly how holy is this place. And it's the gateway of heaven. Because remember what Jesus said. Everything you see me do, you see the Father. What you hear from me are the words of the Father. God truly dwells among us. We can't lose that wonder. This is one of the beautiful things about this reading. Is this phrase, He cried out, in solemn wonder. We should meditate on those words. Do we have the solemn wonder of recognizing that God is here mixed in with our lives? Now, that's not to, 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 to lose the distinction between God and creation. We are not pantheists. We are not people who think that everything is somehow God, nor do we believe in, in magical things that, where there's power in things separate from God. We believe, rather, that there are sacred places, some places more sacred than others. Look at what, what Jacob recognized here with this experience. Some objects are more sacred than others. Again, anything that is sacred, it is only and totally because of God. If we start thinking that certain things have powers aside from God, then again we're in the realm of magic and superstition. But this is incarnation. This is God connecting with physical reality. And so there can be awesome shrines. Memorial stones. We have an experience of God. We want to memorialize it. This is why churches, physical churches, are so important. Some people think, oh, well, I'll just worship God wherever I am. Yeah, hopefully you are worshiping God wherever you are. But God intervenes physically in human history, makes certain places special, sets aside certain objects as special, and we have to respect that. And that helps us because we are physical and we have the five senses. And that's one of the ways that we communicate with God, not just in some totally disconnected spiritual way, but through our senses. This is crucially important. And in solemn wonder, we have to cry out, how awesome is this shrine, this abode of God, human beings, this gateway to heaven. Because God Himself became one of us. The dignity of human life is here once again at the center of our faith. If a shrine can be sacred, if a stone can be a sacred memorial, if Jacob can shout out in solemn wonder about a place called Bethel, then brothers and sisters, we can cry out in solemn wonder about a reality 
called human life, where again, God dwells. This is our Christian faith. Jesus said, I'm dwelling in you. The Father, the Spirit will come to you. We will make our abode with you. Paul says, do you not know that Jesus Christ is in you? We are the temple of the Holy Spirit, these living bodies that we are to offer to God as a spiritual sacrifice. The sanctity of life, it's expressed here. In solemn wonder, he cried out, Truly the Lord is in this place. That's what we have to be able to cry out about human life. Truly the Lord is in this place. This is the image of God, a gateway to heaven, because when we see human life, we're seeing heaven. It's a reflection of the glory of God, a reflection of the love of God, a reflection of the victory of life, that we will enjoy for all eternity. And that's why it's such a privilege to be able to defend human life, to save human life, because we are saving these sacred gateways to God and sacred places of His presence. Let's absorb these ancient experiences that we read about in the book of Genesis and let them strengthen our Christian and pro-life commitment. Let us pray. Lord, never let us lose that solemn wonder that we read about here, the Jacob experienced. Seeing your presence in the world, not confusing the world with you, because we know the difference, Lord, between the Creator and the creation, but never thinking they are disconnected either. Seeing your glory, as your psalmist says, the heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament shows forth His handiwork. Day unto day relates the message. Night to night imparts knowledge. We know, Lord, that your wisdom, as Paul told the Romans, and your power are discernible in creation. And we know that above all, we see it in human life. Never let us lose this sense of wonder let us use physical things, Lord, holy things, holy objects, cards, medals, statues. Let us use holy objects, again, not confusing them with you, but rather letting them lead us to you, letting them remind us to you of you. Sacred memorials, memorial stones. Lord Jesus, for all who have forgotten the dignity of human life, for all who have lost their sense of wonder, that human life truly is an abode where you manifest yourself. We ask you, Lord Jesus, send them your spirit and wake them up. Because the more we can have awesome, solemn wonder about each and every human life, starting with the tiniest ones in the womb, the more we will be able to protect them all and have a culture of life. We pray now as you taught us, Lord Jesus, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray to our Heavenly Mother. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. 
Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, will be forever. Amen. Thanks, friends, for joining me. Spread the word about these programs. Let's grow our online audience every day. And please donate to our work. May I ask you, really, even if you have already, uh, or especially if you haven't, summer times are always hard, send us a little gift at ProLifeGift.org. Do it today, and we thank you for it because we're using all of that help to save lives and to end this Holocaust of abortion. And we're going to do it together. Can't do it without you, though. So ProLifeGift.org. Thanks a lot for that, and thanks for spreading the word about these broadcasts. We will talk to you soon. Hello, this is Father David Begany. Like many priests, I am inspired and always learning from the Ministry of Priests for Life, which is one of the largest and most visible pro-life organizations in the world. This ministry relies on your financial support to be able to do its work, produce its programs, and travel the world to advocate for the unborn. May I ask you to support Priests for Life generously? Go today to ProLifeGift.org and give as generous a gift as you can. Thank you so much and be assured of our daily prayers for you. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.